Welcome to the Franklin County NC Podcast. I'm James Hicks. This podcast about Franklin County, North Carolina. On our broadcast, we hope you will learn a few things that you didn't already know about Franklin County, North Carolina, plus some helpful tips for you for in your daily lives. Today, I am joined by Trey Evans, who is the Franklin County Fire Marshal, and we're going to learn a little bit more about his role as a fire marshal, the new fire code ordinance that was just adopted in November of 2022, and probably some more about fire safety. So welcome to the podcast, Trey. How are you doing? Thank you, sir. Doing great today. So I kind of intro that. I, I would say, how, how long have you been the fire marshal? Been here a little over a year and a half. Okay. And let me ask before we go in a little deeper on that, what was the fire marshal situation before you? Were Was there a named fire marshal before you, or is that something that kind of a newly created position? It was newly created, but the duties were handled by planning and inspections and the, at the time it was the emergency services director. Okay. Okay. So it was kind of, a, it was somebody's role, part of their role, and then the duties were kind of things. So they, they named you uh, a little while back. So you've been here about, what did you say, a year? Year and a half. Year, a and, year and a half. So what were you doing before coming to Franklin County? So before I came to Franklin County, I was uh, actually a captain in Vance County for their fire department. Okay. How how long have you done fire stuff? Since January of 07. So a good little while. More than more than a decade? Yeah. That's okay. 16 years now. Why did you go into, um, I, I won't say, try to broadly generalize fire-related stuff, but fire-related stuff? So when I was a little kid growing up, yeah, the movie Backdraft would come on NBC like once a year around Christmas time, um, and it just—I just—that's how I got hooked on it. So, okay, did you uh, know other people that were in the fire service or anything like that that kind of also recruited you in? <laughs> I wouldn't say recruited. I kind of recruited myself. Okay. Um, my actual auto mechanics teacher in high school, mm-hmm. he was the assistant chief of the Littleton Fire Department in Halifax County, and we uh, got to know him very well, and uh, that's how I ended up joining the fire department. Okay. And so you, you went through doing that kind of stuff, and then I guess, did you, there's a point that you said, well, maybe I need to transition into fire marshal type role, or? So I went to... Went to college at North Carolina Wesleyan, and uh, as I was looking for a major, the only thing I could find that was, like, remotely related to the fire service was criminal justice. And it was one of those things that you can become an investigator, a fire investigator. So that's how I ended up being an ultimate career goal, being a fire marshal. That's, you know, one of those things that, uh, yeah, criminal justice, it's going to tend a little bit more towards law enforcement, but obviously there are some other parts of public safety that are going to be covered in that. So uh, so I get that. So for those out there that, and even maybe a little bit of me too, what is the role of the fire marshal? And I know we'll talk a little bit about how that's changed a little bit, but what does a fire marshal do? So typically a fire marshal conducts fire inspections of existing buildings. Then they also conduct fire investigations to determine origin and cause. And then they do a little bit of prevention. It's it's kind of a three-hat job that can be done 
in bigger departments by multiple people. Right now in Frank County, it's done by one person. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that where when I was a reporter, the county that I covered, they actually had a, we'll say a countywide fire chief. And that was basically, he had some, he had a handful of full-time countywide firefighters that would assist volunteer districts. And then he was kind of the loose liaison with the other fire chiefs, and he was also the fire marshals. So it was kind of this weird mm-hmm. role of, well, we have a lot of tasks to do in this area. You're going to do all of that. We don't really – you're going to have a lot of titles and a lot of hats. But I definitely get that. Uh, so you have the – we'll say the well investigative prevention and then the inspection. That's probably a good one. That's probably the three pillars of fire marshal. And I know inspections are something that probably takes a good amount of time in not only our size population of a county, but also square footage-wise in this county. Yes, it does. And a lot of the, we have a variety of businesses in this county, which is approximately 2,000, that are on different inspection schedules. It's not every business every year. It's... These businesses this year, these businesses every two years, and these other businesses every three years. Mm-hmm. How often do you get called in for invest the investigative part? I mean, I know we do have some fires, but do you get called in for like every fire or just the ones that they say, uh, this one might need? The combination of both, okay. um, just depending on the type of. Is it one of those situations where uh, you would make the determination maybe whether or not it was a, an accident versus a – and then go from there kind of thing? Yeah, so we determined if it was accident or there was human intervention. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's a good way of saying that. Yeah. So uh, – and then obviously prevention. I know we've done – if anyone has followed our Twitter spaces when we did that – we did a couple of those about different prevention topics before prevention week for Thanksgiving and, and some things like that. So I know uh, prevention education is also a, a, a role there. You're obviously, you're not uh, necessarily fire marshal bill from uh, In Living Color. I know a lot of people will think of a fire marshal. That's what they will think of is Jim Carrey's portrayal. Of that fire marshal, <laughs> but uh, it's probably the most famous fire marshal out there, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but let me go to something. Since you were brought on and uh, getting getting everything going, uh, I know b- probably around the time you hit one year is when this fire ordinance was kind of introduced to uh, the board of commissioners. At least I know we had the first the first part of it. In August, and then of course they approved it in November. The I can't remember which of the November meetings it was, but it was November. November twenty first. So what what brought about these changes? Were they just long time stuff that just needed to happen, or so essentially it gives me the authority to enforce the fire code. Okay, um, and from what I understand, a a lot, if not most of the changes are based on state general statute code, fire code. Is it in the general statutes, the fire code, I guess? It's- so the fire code is an adopted code by the General Assembly. Um, 
along with the building and mechanical and plumbing and electrical code. So it's a lot of state statutes, statutory requirements. Yeah. And there's and there was a lot of things, I guess, that on an administrative level that needed to happen to just sort of make everything go smoother. Obviously, moving those inspections to you and not planning inspections, handling that, which they're probably glad to to have that taken off their their plates with the, with the, all the inspections they have to do for all the other things so growth related. But we have so we talked. So the inspection part was was a big part of that, is offloading that uh, from one over to you. And then there were some, uh, when we were talking about the role of the fire marshal, there was that part of the, the, the code that sort of established your role. And I know it was actually kind of a, a longer, I don't know where it is, I've got the thing, the whole thing printed out here, but... Uh, there were a lot of different parts of the role that were were put in there that's kind of interesting, and we've kind of alluded to them before because not only do you do your inspections, your pre- your prevention education, your investigations, but also you have that role of being the subject matter expert for the county manager, board of commissioners, and others, but also being sort of a uh, someone that uh, can assist fire departments with with some things, and there's a couple other things. I don't know if there's anything notable else in here. Is there anything that you can think of? No, not off my head. Oh, and obviously to administer the fire code ordinance. Yeah. So I know there was some there was some things in here too that I guess we needed to have in there um, that relate to the fire code as far as what what you sh- what you should and shouldn't do. And I know that was mostly to bring in line with the state and all mm-hmm. that. So we had this. It was, uh, I will say, I feel like both times that you had to present this, I think those were really long meetings. We had a lot going on. I don't think the first one was that long. Maybe not the first one. It might have been the second one when we, it was at the four-hour one where yes. we had the special use permits yeah. and we had quasi-judicial <laughs> hearings. We had just a little bit of everything at a meeting. And uh, bravo to anyone who, from public, who came to that meeting, those meetings, because those were long ones, and uh, you get there's a lot of highly technical information going on. Uh, but if you, if you stood around for that, you learned a lot about government. Those of us uh, on staff, we were praying for it to end soon, because uh, it was it was a long it was a long meeting. But it, once we got well, once we got some things going. We just kept clicking away, and we got out of there by ten o'clock, so uh, or so ten ten or ten fifteen. So we we got around finally to to hear uh, about these changes, and they uh, adopted those changes pretty swiftly. I think all of the uh, commissioners were uh, very supportive and, uh, and to get this stuff going, to get this stuff get done. So we've talked specifically about prevention tips around certain holidays but what would you say i don't want to put a number like a top five but what would you say are the most common prevention tips and i'll say to give an example uh because i always it blew my mind a little bit that it was this simple when i used to ask uh, uh property crimes investigators well, what do you tell people 
to keep their things safe. And they said, lock your car doors. And I said, wow, that's it? He said, "That that's it. That's really would solve 90% of the problem. And you don't think about how something so simple could solve that problem. But I would say, what is your, what is your prevention safety go-to advice? I would say keep an eye on what you're cooking. It would keep an eye on what you fry is what you said last time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just keep an eye on what you're cooking. Just um, simplify it that kitchen fires are like the number one cause of fires. That's what I was going to say. I've um, heard that. And, and obviously fires originating from the kitchen, from cooking is, is something that is, you know, you don't, you don't think about it because you're watching it and there's so many things that make things safe, but things can get, Dicey real quick. Mm-hmm. Especially if you pour water on a grease fire. Mm. So so let's 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 stick with that then. So if you have a grease fire, what is what is the uh suggested course of action to to you know put that out? The first course would be have a fire extinguisher on your kitchen cabinet. But if you don't have that, you can use baking soda or the lid to the pan mm-hmm. and okay. cover it. Okay. Uh, yeah, just in case you're you don't know where your baking soda is, yeah. get, grab something and cover it. Yeah, uh, when we were talking about uh, before and, and mentioning, you know, we've done some holiday specific ones. Something that kind of occurred to me the other day, and uh, watching um, through the Christmas uh, time at the Christmas movies, there are a lot of, I would say, fire prevention tips or. Uh, or the common things that we see that we often hear hear you talk about to safety, don't do these things. And we see it in those movies and see what happens. When you talk about the fire extinguisher, I think about the Santa Claus movie when the primary character, Scott Calvin, is making the Christmas Eve dinner with his son. And uh, you get this uh, shot of this really nice big turkey and all these sides – and then when the camera pulls back, you realize that was on the television, and you see all the burnt things that he has made and how you burn some of these things. I don't know. And you see him with the fire extinguisher with a, uh, put, trying to put out a fully engulfed turkey, not really sure how you can burn a turkey like that. But you obviously had your moment of that's why you want a high-quality fire extinguisher right in the kitchen. Uh, so, you know, that it's kind of funny. Some things like that are, are tips. We've talked um, a number of times about things like Christmas vacation, and uh, it comes to mind the, uh, the big one as I had watched it and thought, you know, oh, yeah, and you see all those Christmas lights, daisy-chained together, plugged all in, and thought, oh, that's a fire hazard. And that's just not at Christmas time. People do that all the time. They just they do it at home. They do it at work. You never know where they'll do it at. But um, you daisy chain those those extension cords together. It it weakens over time, especially those uh, brown extension cords that you get from the dollar store. They are the worst ones. They uh, they are not made of a whole lot. Yeah, they melt very mm-hmm. easy. One of the things, too, and I, I've thought about this a little bit more, is to think about when you plug things in, not to just think of you have unlimited power there. That that power, it goes back. It's coming off of a breaker out in your breaker box and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll put this out there 
as uh, as we continue to uh, have more and more technology uh, since purchasing an electric vehicle, which I love, but reading through the charging of that at home, you, you just don't you don't plug it into any outlet. You need to plug it into a receptacle that has a dedicated uh, breaker. And if you're if you've had an electrician install an appliance plug, which most often if you have an appliance plug, it's going to have a dedicated breaker. That's that's pretty good there. But uh, if you go for that level two charger, it's going to definitely need to have uh, a breaker. So that's something to after looking at that and evaluating that and thought, wow, okay, well, somebody said, well, we could plug something else in this. Nope, nope, nope. That one is dedicated to charging. <laughs> If we want to plug something in, I'm going to need to unplug that, and we're going to need to not do anything with that. Uh, my stepfather came over and said, what? Because I had a, a an old surge protector that I had unplugged with some things. And he goes, you mean you plug that into a surge protector? No, 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 no. No, it's, it's plugged directly into the outlet, and that's it. That's one thing I do not want to uh, catch the house on fire charging my vehicle. Oh. So, But that's something to think about when you um, – are plugging in is to have those different, um, not to think, oh, I can, I'm just getting power. But you got to think about, you don't want to have too much power running off of one thing and, and and dividing that up. The other thing, there was another moment in uh, uh, Christmas vacation about the trees and keeping your uh, Christmas tree watered. Or it's oof, it's uh, very flammable, and that's that's one of the the moments, but. Uh, and you think about uh, all those different fire hazard moments that we uh, we enjoy at the Christmas holidays watching those movies. Um, so, uh, what what would be another? So we talked, you know, kitchen fires, grease fires. That's a that's a big thing. And we talked about the uh, electrical outlet. Uh, what are some other things that people should keep in mind? Uh, as just a day as a daily thing in any time type of tip keep your uh this goes for efficiency of your air conditioning unit, but also um it can be a fire prevention tip is to uh keep your air conditioner filters changed every so often mm-hmm. oh yeah we um i i had that happen a couple of times uh this past year where I changed it several times because I couldn't remember when the last time it was, and it wasn't that long ago. But uh, the air conditioner at our house uh, that we were renting was it, it started freezing up, and I was like, "Oh, do all these things." And then, of course, it was old, and the landlord replaced it. But uh, they kept saying, "Well, when did you last do it?" Oh, no, no, no! I have replaced those super recently because that was my first go-to as well. And so we got we got a couple of tips there. You know, what is, you know, we think about, I don't know, it, there's a lot of leaves on the ground. And we've talked a little bit about this on Twitter spaces, but, you know, people burning things outdoors uh, to to do that. I don't, I'm guessing leaves are maybe a common thing. I don't know if that's what they. Yeah, they burn leaves. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, or, or anything. What What are some tips people should think about when when burning stuff outdoors to get rid of yard debris and things like that. Just make sure it's only yard debris. Okay. Um, you can't burn anything that's man-made, including lumber. Even though it's wood, you can't 
Barnett either um, because it's been through the processing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just make sure you keep it at least 100 feet from your house and and keep an eye on it and keep a extinguishing method. Um, included examples are water, sand, dirt, rake, blower, anything that can actually be used to put the fire out. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. My, uh, when we talked uh, with my stepfather about some of this fire prevention things, he said, well, you didn't tell the story about you in the woods and all that. And I was like, well, there wasn't an appropriate time. We weren't trying to burn anything. We did start a small fire. And this is probably back when I was like in middle school or late elementary school. I had some friends over. We lived in some woods next uh, store. And we had this little fort set up. And we were building like a little fire out there. And it spread. And I stayed back to manage that and sent them back from waters. They were taking these like 20 fluid ounce like Coke bottles filling them both with water and running back in. And it was like, why don't you, I mean, I think the hose pipe will run all the way in here because you got pine trees because in South Carolina, a lot of pine trees. So that, that straw is good kindling. <laughs> so it's spreading a little bit and I'm like trying to, you know, make sure and manage it, you know, uh, use some things to try to stop it back. And they're just bringing these little bottles of water and then, I was like, well, did you tell anybody? Well, no, we didn't want to get in trouble. No, no, no. Go tell them we need some extra stuff. So make sure <laughs> anytime you're do, building any fire to have some water source <coughs> nearby. That's one of those things that I know I've always um, kept it super close whenever we've had a fire pit or something like that to make sure you never know when you might need that. So, And fires sometimes take a little while to go out. Yes. Even when you think they are, they can come back. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's where I would say as a practical tip, even if you have a fire pit or something like that and you put it out, it's probably best to let it burn out. But if you do put it out, you need to monitor it because, you know, in that 15, 20 minutes later, you can do that. And even then, sometimes come back. I actually put one out monitored it and then went inside i was real smoky i took a shower i went back outside and the fire started back up i was like oh my goodness uh so i went back out there and and, uh, dealt with that but it was uh it was a very interesting thing so we have some prevention tips and we learned a little bit about the fire code we're looking for a good year of inspections and hopefully not as many uh investigations yes uh, as always as always and then uh, some good year for some prevention tips throughout the year. And always, too, those uh, you can get a lot of helpful information by liking or following the Franklin County Emergency Services Facebook page or the Franklin County Emergency Management Twitter account, and that's at Franklin, C-O-N-C-E-M, Franklin, C-O-N-C-E-M, where you can get a lot of those types of tips and follow along uh, with some of the other programming on scene with emergency management. Uh, we have, you know, a couple of little one to two minutes at sometimes uh, tips uh, from emergency management that would be helpful to you in stay, keeping safe, staying safe, and all that stuff. Of course, we want you to like or follow the Franklin County NC government pages on Facebook, on Twitter at Franklin C O N C. 
and uh, also on Instagram and LinkedIn. We're also on LinkedIn, so if you're on there. Well, that's about all the time we have left for today. This is the Franklin County NC Podcast is produced by Franklin County as public service to better inform and provide timely and relevant information. Tune in for more informative shows about what is happening in Franklin County NC. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Like or rate the podcast and share it with your friends and family. To find out more about Franklin County NC, go to our website at www.franklincountync.gov and sign up for our email newsletter while you are there. For all of us here at Franklin County, I'm James Hicks, and we'll talk to you soon.